in this man's life. And so, but I was beginning to say back in the early 2000s when I was an athletic director and a head football coach, um, I had, we, when Tim would attest to this, we were probably the laughing stock, not only of West Virginia, but of, of the entire collegiate world. <laughs> and uh, we um, needed a baseball coach. And I can't remember how Tim came into the picture, but Tim came into the picture and all of the fortunes of our baseball program totally changed. They were transformed by a man with great energy, uh, a charismatic man, a man who was willing to work. Uh, and our program responded not only in baseball, but across all of our athletics. And um, Tim and I were the only two um, plug-ins that were really not there before. And I don't know whether you ever thought about that, but, but I was a plug-in and Tim came as a plug-in. And the next thing we know, our entire athletics program began to change. And um, God blessed both Tim and I with a great run at West Virginia Tech. And Tim later went on um, to uh, engineer begin, operate a professional franchise in Beckley, West Virginia, and had absolutely tremendous success as an independent professional baseball manager, owner, so forth and so on. Um, so I am bringing to you a man who knows the um, grit and grime of work, but who has been a man who has found success through that work and then left that success to go on to an even greater impact and influence in life. And so I'm looking forward, I've heard most of the story, but I'm looking forward to him sharing that story with you. And I am thrilled beyond measure to have Tim uh, and his wife, Diane. And so I'm going to call to the stage, to the platform, his wife, who he calls his front person, and uh, I, in my opinion, she's probably his better half. I think you would agree. Diane, if you would come and she'll introduce Tim Epling to you and to our podcast audience. God bless you. Well, we are so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you to those watching online and listening uh, by podcast. So Tim and I have been together for six years. God put us together. I've had a ministry in me called Destiny Ministries for years. And we started uh, on TV, radio, um, just ministering there. And then God called us to a little church in Anstead, West Virginia this year. Tim felt the call to retire from coaching um, and so he called, God called us to this little church at the beginning of the year in January in a very small town that's bound by drugs. Um, just a lot of different things there it's bound. And so you could feel the warfare in the town when we come in. But on February 2nd, the Lord put this I had never done this before, never had this feeling, but the Lord put this war type worship in me. And so we always rode to church together on Sundays pretty early to get prepared. 
and this particular Sunday on February 5th, I felt like I needed to get to the church and practice and just get in a worship with the Lord with this war type worship. And I told him on Thursday, I said, I have no idea why God is putting this in me, but I'm going to be obedient and do what he said. And I have to tell you that I've played and sang for years, but there was something that God would not allow me to do other than one song, which is a song that he um, put in me a few years ago, and it, it, it has grabbed my heart, and it's how he loves us. That song he will allow me to play that's written, but any other song he wants me to sing what he's told me to sing and, and the way he wants it done. So this particular morning, I began to sing, there's a war going on in the heavenlies. There's a war going on in the heavenlies. And that is part of another song that's called The Great I Am. And so I started to sing and play this song. And I feel that the Lord wants me to, before Tim comes up here, to specifically speak to women in here and out there in the world is that you have spiritual antennas and you need to listen to them and you need to do what God's telling you to do because had I not done what I did, my husband, I truly believe, would not be here today. So you fight for your families, you fight for your children, your moms and your dads, because God puts something in you, and you may not understand what it is, but you be obedient. So I began to play and, and sing and get in this worship. Tim was on the way to church. He called me about 10 till 10 that morning, and I'm at the keyboard, and he says, Die, tell your son Caden he was coming for the first time to bring my iPad. I forgot it at home. <clears throat> and it kind of irritated me because I'm in this worship with the Lord. And I said, okay, okay. And so we hung up, and that's the last time anybody heard from Tim. So I get, I just start to get nervous. Our services start at 11. He's not there at 1030, and I knew something was wrong. And so I sent my assistant, Donna, out from Anstead. There's hardly any cell service in the town different pockets you'll get it but you don't know where and when and i said my son's coming and tim's son is coming uh, to church they're coming from beckley you're going to go this way and somebody will see what's happened where he's at and so she calls me and says diane tim's been in a head-on collision and he's been airlifted to the hospital to camc in Charleston and so I just dropped to my knees and I said Satan you cannot have my husband right there in that church and I immediately went into war for him and ladies I don't care <laughs> husbands I know sometimes you don't understand and sometimes you say stuff because you don't understand. But ladies, you got to get past that. You have to get in your place of war and fight for your family 
especially in this day and time. Especially. Because Satan is after the family more than anything. So, Tim is in CAMC. We get there. They call me and said he's, he has a crushed heel on the right, a broken ankle on the right, a broken ankle on the left, and, and the bone on the leg is broken. So he has to go into immediate surgery. They did a CT scan at the time and did not find anything, but the doctor said we might find something in a few days. We don't know yet. So Tim gets through that surgery, and then a few days later, he was showing some signs of uh, numbness in his left hand, and they found that he'd had a stroke on the right side of the brain. He had a, a stroke that was 40% on the right side of the brain. And so um, I prayed over Tim. He could not move the left side of his body. I anointed him with oil. Do you remember the Asbury revival that was going on in Kentucky? I turned that on when he was in neuro ICU and I prayed over him and anointed him simple, just simple. God touch him, God heal him, praying in the spirit. And I watched him, his, his right leg that had been crushed, he's in these braces and all of a sudden his leg just jolts out. I said, oh my goodness, why did you do that? He said, I don't know. Now I start praying again, all over his body, head to toe. All of a sudden, his arm jolts out. I said, oh my goodness, Tim. He said, I don't know, it just happened. Now, that's what took place there. Simple. He still went through a process, still went through healing, but I never stopped warring for my husband, never. There's something that rises up in you. When you get to that point that you say, Satan, you're not taking my family. You're not taking my husband. He's, he has work to do for God. He's standing here, sitting here, but you'll see him standing here in a minute, completely able to talk. His memory is wonderful. He's five months out. Um, he's walking and preaching the word, and he's going to tell you the encounter that he had with God while he went through this. And I want you to, the word behold, the word behold, I want you to think about this. It's in the Bible between 1,300 and 1,500 times. It means when you see that word, stop, fix your eyes on what you're seeing. Moses at the burning bush, it said, behold. And when he stopped to see the great sight, God said, Moses, Moses, he called him at that moment. So when you stop and get all the distractions out, get all the natural stuff out, and look and behold what God is saying through Tim, God's going to bless you for that. He's, you're going to see God in a whole different way than you've ever seen Him before. You will know Him in a whole different way. It has totally changed Him. It has changed me. And God's still doing this. But ladies, please spend time with the Lord. War room, if you've ever seen it, it's true. When you fight like that, 
The devil has to go. So, Tim, I want you to come up and share your encounter. He is a um, very charismatic, funny man. He keeps me going. I can be a little bit too serious sometimes, and he just comes along and breaks that all up. So, you guys will be blessed this morning. Amen. All I got, got a couple of words for you. God's got it all figured out. I want you to get that in your spirit. God's got it figured out. Nothing surprises Him. We may be surprised, but He never is. Amen? And so what I'm going to share with you today, and um, I can put this down. Okay. I'm not very good with these things, all right? All right. So, I am so honored to be here. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, uh, because you know him as your pastor. I know him as my athletic director who planted seeds in me. As I would walk into his office, not only is he a good man, he's a great man with integrity. I watched, you know, when you're in the when you're in the college system, you're dealing with all kinds of demonic spirits from everything. It is, and when you have an anointed man of God as the head of the athletic department, there was an atmosphere that you walked into. And I looked up to my coach. I looked up to him because he gave me my first coaching job. I didn't know what I was doing. I would walk back here in the back with those football coaches. I didn't even know how to recruit a kid. I would sit there and listen to them call people from California, players from California, and they're on that phone, and I would write down things, what they're saying. I said, well, that's what I need to say. And I would mimic it. I, I kid you not, I had a notebook. I didn't even know what to do. That's how, that's, that's how green I was. But I would go into his office, and there was a presence there. You didn't hear cussing? That's a miracle in college. <laughs> Amen? It really is. Especially when you're around athletics. And so, there was a standard that was set. But it was a godly standard. And I took that, those seeds that were planted in me, I took it for the rest of my career. And I'm going to tell you what. I lived by them, I walked by them, and I benefited from it. Because God honored me. He honored me, but I honor Him. He honors God. I, you know, you walked into His office and He just had that presence. I mean, you just, you felt, you felt like you're, you're like, you're in front of somebody that's special. 
a leader. Okay? And so now you don't only have a pastor, you have somebody that is a godly man that walks it, that talks it, and I'm honored to be here. I am so honored. But I want you to know, God's got it figured out. He really does. <laughs> I love coming to church. I love walking into places. And sometimes you have a good spirit. And sometimes you walk into places that not so good. <laughs> Alright? And you get a sense of the Spirit of the Lord. So when we pull into the parking lot, and all of a sudden, my spirit rose up, and I said, ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. And I have some friends that live here locally, believe it or not. And some of you know him. He was in professional baseball and that sort of thing. It's kind of funny how God makes takes a full circle from 20-some years ago till now. And I'm going to share, you, share with you an encounter that I had. And as my wife shared with you about I was on a head-on collision. We may be caught by surprise in our life. Comes out of nowhere. See, the enemy is a coward. He's a coward. He tries to be a bully. Do you know what you do for a coward or a bully? You look him in the eye and see what happens. He will back down. He will back down. See, the one thing that I love about our Lord that He's always for us. Always. Always. Now, always when I was praying, I asked God to give me a scripture. I always ask Him to give me some type of word or a verse or whatever in the Bible just to share before I share my encounter. He took me to Hebrews Chapter 5, I think it was, verse 12 and 14, it talks about the milk and the meat. See, in our church world, God's looking for His people to get off the milk. And He is wanting His people to be start eating that filet mignon. Okay? Because when you do that, when you start eating the meat and you can digest it, you know, there is a spiritual war. He wants us to walk in the Spirit. He wants us to talk in the Spirit. He wants us to live in the Spirit. And just day by day, get rid of this flesh. Day by day. And so I'm going to give you some meat. 
And it is good. It's perfectly cooked. Okay? It's like that ribeye that's medium well. Being grilled out. I'm going to make y'all hungry before y'all go out and eat for lunch. How's that? But I love being in the house of the Lord. I love it. I, you know what? I love blessing people. I love going to restaurants, talk to somebody. Hey, listen. And I, a waitress comes over. I say, hey, you know what? You know, I just, I find some, I always find something good about somebody. Isn't that what God does? I say, can I bless you? I just want to bless you today. God bless you. And I just touch him and I say, listen, God bless you. And you wouldn't believe what happens to their countenance. It changes. They go from frowning to stressful to a smile on their face. Just like that. See, that's what the anointing of God will do. Seriously. He will. He will put joy in people's lives. If you let him, the world, all this stuff that we're facing in our world today, who would have thought it? It blows me away. I said, Lord, I, I want to go back 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, there's such a sensitive spirit now. You can't look at somebody, you can't talk to them. I mean, everything's offensive. You know what? We'll tell you this. I'm tired of the devil trying to dictate everything that we do in this life. I am tired of it. And God showed me something. I'm going to share this with you. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go into session one. We'll set this up a little bit. What you see here is just not a miracle. What you're looking at are miracles. Put an S on the end of it. And I lost count of what God did for me. And I'm talking miracles. I'm not talking about, oh, God healed me of this cold. It was a miracle. No, that's not a miracle. See, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. It says it in Revelations. See, when you testify about Jesus, you're prophesying. You're just walking in it. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Everything that we do. When I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the ground, it's all about Him. When I go to bed at night, it's all about Him. When I'm standing here, it's all about Him. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do. My, my, my testimony that I'm going to share with you has nothing to do with me. 
has everything of what He did for me, and it was a privilege. Now, you're going to think I'm kind of crazy right now. It was a privilege for me to be in a wreck. It was a privilege for me to be stroked out 40% of my right side. I have my long-term memory. I got my short-term memory. I got everything. In fact, my memory has gotten better, believe it or not. You don't think that's worth something to share with people? And so now my wife and I are so privileged. We are traveling all over the country sharing what I'm going to share with you. And God gives me a different word every time I go, some type of word. But I want you to know, whatever life throws, when life throws you a curveball, and that's a baseball term, somebody getting fooled, just out of the dark, when life throws you a curveball, tell you what God will do for you. He'll take that curveball and knock it out of the park. He'll take something to fool you and hit a home run with you. Well, he hit a grand slam with me. Okay? That's what he did. And so, my whole life has been full of blessing. My wife, she just walks up there. I'm a blessed man. To have an anointed wife who will pray with you. See, guys? See, I can talk to the men right now. You listen to me. Your wife, they got spiritual antennas that we don't have. We have them, but they're just more sensitive to it. They, we learn to listen to our wives. Women have a special sixth sense. They really do. And man, when she prayed for me in the hospital, which I know her, you know, we're one with Christ. We are. We do everything together. We really do. We really do. We have a good time. See, that's the way God wants us to spend our life. It's not doom and gloom and agony on me. All right? It's not. So February 5th, I'm going to church. I'm actually getting ready to speak that morning on idols. On idols. Idol worship. God really put something in my spirit about idols. See, when you walk into our house, our doors were anointed by oil. Our floors were prayed over. There's not any, there's zero demonic spirits in our home. None. They're not allowed. I'm going to share this with you before I do this. It's funny. Here I'm at the baseball stadium that we built. I wanted to do this as soon as I walked in here. Bishop, I love saying that. Bishop Springs, doesn't that sound good? Don't that sound so good? It does. 
<laughs> He's going to get a kick out of this one now. So COVID hits. Tries to destroy everything. So we have prayer on Tuesday night. I'm going to show you what God does. I'm going to get to the good stuff. Just, just bear with me. Give five minutes. We're in the stadium. So on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, we're going to pray for one hour. Every Tuesday, we open up the, we open up the gates, we put the mic on, and there we go. One hour of prayer at the stadium. When we first started, well, there's one, two, three. We opened it up to all the churches to come in and pray for one hour. Well, week one, three people. <laughs> Me, my wife, and our sister. So we started declaring. And we said, COVID, you know what COVID did. They messed everything up, right? All right. So finally on June 26, 27th, the governor opens up outdoor events. And I have a middle school league. And we're getting ready. We're so excited to be able to start doing something outside. Watch this, this is so good. And these kids are flying around the field, the news media, they're excited about doing something, they've been locked up too. They're in the stadium. I mean, they got Channel 4, they got Channel 6, they got Fox News, they got everybody, all the TV. And I'm around that stuff all the time, anyway. They come in, they got the mics, they got the, they got the, Everybody's excited about baseball being played in the stadium again with kids. Everybody's flying around. Where'd they? And they got the lights going on, and they put the mic in my, you know, face, and I'm getting all prepared in my mind because you know they're going to ask me questions about baseball and how's it feel to be here. The first question that comes out of this little girl's mouth: Well, Mr. Appling, Coach Appling. What are you going to do about COVID? It caught me off guard. And I looked at her, because I'm thinking about, she's going to ask me a question about what we were getting ready to do with all this activity. I looked at her and I said, well, to be honest with you, and it's just spontaneous. This is live now, guys. You got the news media live. I said, well, to be actually, to be honest with you, COVID's not allowed in the stadium. <laughs> I said, uh, no, we prayed, we prayed over the stadium, we anointed that gate. We told Kelvin, you're not allowed to be in here. And it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> Their eyes got about that big, and I'm saying, and you, it was like. Oh my gosh, I said, uh-oh. This is live. This is this is live, and I'm sitting here. I said, ooh, well, this is going to be a good night tonight when I go watch it on channel 11 o'clock. I said, ooh. Because <laughs> you've got to be careful in today's time. I mean, well, I'm not careful, but it just came out. COVID's not allowed in the stadium. We casted that bad boy out. We said, you're not allowed to be in here. And we did this on prayer on Tuesday. Guess what? We did not have one, not one, 
COVID case, not one sickness in that entire stadium that whole year. Stadium is full. Amen. See, we're in spiritual warfare. But it just came out of me. See, that's the life I was living. It's all about Him. So I'm going down to Anstead. I'm going 50 miles an hour in a little Honda. Hmm. And I am going down this little two-lane road. And the next thing I know, I look up and I'm getting ready for... My mind is on my church and everything. And next thing I know, I see this car come in. Left of center. I was this way. Head-on collision. Squared up. And right before something like that happens, your brain works a certain way. And I knew I was going to heaven. I knew that this was my last day here on earth. I'm ready, Lord. These are the thoughts that came in my mind. I said, okay. And all of a sudden, we go head on. I watched the hood ornament of that vehicle. And when it hits, it just blew up both cars. And that hood ornament went shot up straight up in the air. I can remember seeing it shoot up straight up in the air. It blew it up. Blew us up. I'm going to demonstrate this a little bit so you get a visual too. So I'm in the car and I'm saying, oh. And I said, the next thing I know, uh, a woman comes around to the car. You okay? Oh, oh. And I hear her like screaming like, I don't know. And she says, the helicopter, they've called air back to come and get you, okay? I said, all right. I'm not thinking. And I said, I got to get to the church. I got to get to the church. So I take this hand, I grab the door, and I always take this foot and I push the door open with my foot because I have had surgery in my shoulder, so I can't use it that well. And when I did that spontaneously, I looked down, it just came out. Now watch what I'm... I pushed the door open, and the next thing, spontaneous, I wasn't even thinking, my heavenly language came out of me and just flowed. I said, well, that was, that was different. I said, what? Wow. And I looked down, both my ankles are turned like this. And I looked down, I said, well, that don't look too good. I said, I'm breathing. I said, wait a second, I should not be here. Then it dawned on me. Satan, you tried to kill me. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm thinking I should not be here. Satan, you tried to kill me and I started crying. I started bawling. I cry more now than ever. I really do. I started crying. You ever, you ever know somebody that got angry, in the, angry and started crying? Those are people you got to watch out for. Right? 
They got the anger that they cry. Well, that was me, and I was, I was talking to Satan. I said, Satan, you tried to kill me. You tried to take me away from my wife. You tried to take me away from my kids. And I said this, you've already taken my... You are, my kids have already went through enough. Because in 2016, my wife passed away in my son's arm. Just like that. See? And I said, you tried to do this to him again? Uh-uh, that ain't happening. I said, but you tried... I said, Lord, I looked down my feet. And I said, Lord, you get me out of here. Get me out of here. All right? You've got you to show me how you protected me. How did you protect me? And I said, I promise you, when I get out of here, Satan, bad boy, you're going to wish you never tried to kill me. You're going to have a bad day because you don't, have to, you don't have to look for me anymore. I'm coming after you. See? That's an attitude. And he rubbed me the wrong way, and I'm going to tell you what. That's exactly what I said. And I said, I tell you what, I'm coming after you. So, God, you get me out of this. It's all about you, 100%. Every minute, every hour of every day. The next thing, God takes me. Takes me in body. And I'm sitting in front of the throne. But this throne is blue. All right, so I want you to imagine this. You see this table here. This is the throne. Pretend this. And you have, it's a big blue chair. It's a big blue chair. It's blue. You know, heaven's a big place, right? God can do whatever. God can have as many thrones up there as He wants. Right? So there's this blue throne, and behind it, there's these like icicles. And you see this light that is shining from bottom to top, and you see it like icicles with light. And I'm saying, oh, that is so beautiful. I said, oh my gosh. And the next thing I have is a Moses moment with the voice of God. And I am sitting here. You take one of your chairs. Well, no, I'm not. That's okay. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. The throne's right there. And I'm looking. I said, what is that over there, Lord? What is that over there, Lord? What is that? He goes, Tim. He called me by my name. Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting here. This is the throne. This is just a throne. I'm just giving you a visual. This is the throne. It's blue. And I'm sitting right there. And all of a sudden, there's this voice. God, the Father. The God. Speaks Tim. And I see this movement on this side of the throne. And I see this, I don't know what it is. I said, who is that? What is that? He said, that is the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Oh my gosh. The angel of the Lord. 
And I'm sitting right there. And I don't see anything but this light. And I'm looking over here. And I watch a man. And he turns this way. And I'm sitting right here. And I see the back of his hair. I said, that's a man. He's got a man cut. That's the angel of the Lord. I'm going, wait a second. Wait a second. The angel of the Lord. And I see him turn his back to me. And he bends over. When he bends over, and he raises up with both hands over his head. I see a cross with coals of fire. Coals a fire burning red, and he raises it behind his head. And I'm going, oh, and it took my breath. I can just, I said, oh, what is that? And he straps it to his back. He straps this, coal, this cross to his back. I said, there's only one angel that ever strapped a cross to his back for me and for you. And I started crying. I said, oh, Lord. And I see this flaming red cross, and he is standing here like this. And the next thing I see is him dive over the right side of the throne in the air. And he is coming through the air. And as, that, as I'm getting ready to make contact with this car, it was maroon. One. I can still see it right now. I still see it. He does a head-first slide like a runner going into second base and hit going still in the bag. Head-first. And he goes up underneath that car that's getting ready to hit. We're getting ready to... And he becomes the car. just becomes the car. It's like he just... And when we made contact, he absorbed everything for me. When we hit, 
He took everything for me. And I started crying again. <laughs> and I said, oh Lord, you did that for me. You did that for me. Oh my gosh. He says, Tim. And he called me by my name again. Now this is God the Father. His voice. Oh, His voice. Oh, His voice. When the words are spoken from God the Father, who created the heavens, who spoke things into existence by just the Word out of His mouth. He said, light be. Let there be light. He's the Creator. You think about the power of His Word that comes out of His mouth. People, when that word hit me, it still resonates. It changed every cell in my body. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Words can't explain it. But all I can do is tell you, when He spoke my name, just He spoke my name, Oh, Jesus, thank you. I mean, I was there in body. This wasn't just some spiritual experience. No, it was I was there in body. He literally took me out of that car and sat me in front of the throne. Like I'm sitting here now. This is what he did in body. And when his voice speaks, and he spoke to me, I said, you did this for me? He said, yeah. He said, this isn't the first time I've done this, Tim, for you. I said, when? And he took me back another time in my life that I was in a car, and there was another car coming right at me. And I remember it. And for its car just went a 90 degree turn and it just missed me. And then this is what he told me. He says, Tim, I will come I will come from the throne like lightning for my people. I will come. I do this for my people. They don't even realize it. But he says, I will come like lightning for you. And there's times in your life that the angel of the Lord has been there and we don't even realize it.
Oh, this next part. I've got about three or four more parts. So they airlift me to the hospital. And I'm sitting there in that emergency area. And I hear the helicopter. I don't know. The next thing I know, the surgeon's right there. He says, I got my feet up. Got my ankles are completely bones sticking out both sides. No pain. Surgeon's getting ready. Doctor Sop is getting ready to lay the knife to me. Put me in there. He said, "You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do surgery." It's all right. So, take me into the surgery. And uh, I said, "Lord, the next thing, I am sitting there in front of the throne." And I said. Ooh, what is that? What is that I feel? I'm sitting there. I said, Lord, what am I feeling here? I feel good. I feel good. I feel like better than good. I mean, I'm sitting right there. I said, Lord, I don't want to leave this place. I do not want to leave where I'm sitting. I'm going to back up this a little bit before I went to the got to the hospital. I'm going back to where I was sitting. But the next thing you know, this is a feel good. I mean, I'm feeling so good. You know how good I was feeling? You ever, anybody been in a hospital before in here? You ever had that, uh, they come out and they bring you that happy juice? And you stick it right there and you, dang, about 10 minutes later, say, man, that felt pretty good. Give me another one of them. <laughs> hey, it was one of those. I didn't want to leave. It felt good. I said, I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to see my kids. I wanted to stay right there. And I said, Lord, what is this feeling? I start crying again. This is what got me. Don't you ever forget this. Don't you ever forget it. I said, Lord, what is this feel good? What is this I'm setting in? And the Father says this to me. <laughs> He goes, Tim, calls me by my name again. And he says, what you are setting in is the love of the Father. <laughs> the love of the Father. Think about that. The Father's love is so deep, we can't comprehend it. We as Christians, we, as an, we cannot comprehend the Father's love. That's that deep. It is so deep. And I said, oh my gosh, that was that feel good. 
I don't know if you have lost ones that are in heaven. I do. You know what? They are in the Father's love. Let me tell you that. They don't want to come back. They don't. Think about that. The love of the Father is so much. Oh my gosh. How comfort, how it brought so much comfort to me when I got back. That I know that we can't comprehend the Father's love, but they don't. They so feel so good. It is so good. The love of the Father. No greater love is the Father that lays His Son's life down for me, for you, for your children, for your loved ones. It's kind of, you can't comprehend it. But that's the love of the Father. That was that feel good. So I'm in the hospital. My wife is praying for me. You know, they put that gown on you. I got my shorts on. I got nurses going in and out and all this. And I got two big boots on my feet. <laughs> got the gown, so I just... You know, I just take the gown up. They got shorts on. I want you to think about this. Head-on collision. Squared up. Stroke on the right side of my brain. 40%. Stroked out. Busted up ankles. That's it. I... Do not have a scratch on my arms, on my legs. I don't have a bruise. I had a little bruise right here. I don't have no... I didn't have a scratch on my face. I was completely, 100%. Protected by God the Father and the Anointed One. Now I say that not for me. I said it for you. I said it for you. God then tells me when I was sitting there at the throne, He says, Tim... I give you this mandate. Now when God says I give you the mandate, what am I going to do? <laughs> Churches that I open the doors to. You are to share your encounter that I allowed you to experience. Because you need healing. Your family needs healing somewhere. You need loved ones to know the Son. 
You have all these needs, but you have all these miracles that you need, that we all do. Amen? Amen. We do. We're sheep. We just wander along. But God wants me to tell you. The Holy Ghost wants me to tell you. He's everything that you need if you will allow Him to be that everything. See, that's a choice. That's a choice we make. I want you to look. I love this part. <laughs> Nurses come walking by my bed. They're going to... They say, oh, Tim. Mr. Hamley. And by the way, my wife didn't leave my side for 38 straight days. She stayed right there. Those nurses walk by and say, Damn, Mr. Abley, you look good. Yeah, tell it to my wife. <laughs> they did. They said, You got a glow about you. I said, I know. Watch this. Some laying in the bed. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Listen to this. I'm laying in bed. The nurses walk by. I can't help but bless them. Can I pray for you? I want to pray for you because they're stressed out to the max. Some of them got 14, 15 patients a night. I'd sit there. I'm having fun with them. I'm just messing with them all the time. I have fun in the hospital. I did. I have fun in the hospital. I made the best. I made the best of it. There was a 90-year-old man to the left of me. And he heard me talk to a nurse. I'm joking around with him. I'm just having a good time. Look, I'm healed. How could I not? I'm walking. Surgery. I got a little bit of neuropathy. Okay? It's okay. But I'm walking. Look at me. I'm not supposed to be walking. I'm not even supposed to be talking. I got my long-term memory. got my short-term memory. I've got my memories even better than what it was. I'm being honest. I kid you not. And they said, there's a 90-year-old man over there. He says, his family was in there. They said, his family wants you to... Mr. Epling, would you mind... They heard you talking to the nurse over here. Would you mind... Their family wants you to pray for him. Pastor Mike. I said, oh yeah. They're getting ready. They're calling hospice. He's on his way. They got four or five family members right there. I said, what's the problem? Oh, he's all messed up. Kidney cancer. Liver. He's 90 plus. He can't hardly. They're calling in hospitals to get him out of there. See, let me see. I said, what's he got? And I said, you know what? My father's a healer. And I got into that family, and I said, what do you want? What do you want? You want, him, you want God to heal him? 
Oh, yeah, that's okay. He's going to. He's going to do it right now. Not ten weeks from now. Right now, He's going to heal him. And I went into prayer. And I started calling it out. I didn't lay hands on him. I just spoke it. Like my father spoke to me. <laughs> just speak the word. You got it, Bubba. Guess what? They wheeled him out of there. About two weeks later, you know, I was in the hospital for a long time. The nurse comes to me. She says, they called me pastor in the, they called me pastor in the hospital, and I wasn't even a pastor then. He said, Pastor Tim. I said, What? <laughs> so what? You know that man you prayed for? Yeah. Oh yeah, they you know, you know how your mind works? Uh, you know they took him to hospice? Yeah. I'm gonna use a West Virginia term. He ain't dead. <laughs> hey, he's still alive. Two weeks later. Think about it. Speak the word. Know your daddy is a good father. So now when I read the Word now, Scripture, it is what it is. There's no doubt. That is His Word. Let there be light. Let there be healing. Let there be salvation through my mouth, through your mouth. See? We're here to live heaven on earth. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. And I look back, I said, you know what? God's got this thing all figured out, don't He? Amen? Amen? We try to figure it out. We don't need to figure nothing out. All we got to do is walk. And there's one thing... Now, you know what I walk in now? I'm just going to throw things at you, okay? Expectation. See? You can expect good things, or you can expect bad things. God wants you to expect His things. If He said it, it is... What it is. And He wants us to walk in that. See, we, the battle is in the mind. Our mind gets all white, jacked up. Now watch this. So here, I got the glory of God. And I'm sitting here, I'm so fired up, and I'm re I rehearse this every night. His voice never leaves me now. Never. Never. People, never. Watch this. I'm in my bed. I'm going to give you some food right now that's going to be a game changer for you. It's going to be a game changer. 
Watch this. I'm laying in my bed, and I used that sheet as my prayer closet. Oh God, wait till I tell you this. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just being by myself, because that's all I have is my bed, my blanket. I can't get away from it. Every moment is a good moment with Him. But then the devil tries that demonic, evil one attacked my mind while I was in the bed. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like this. And all of a sudden, the devil, oh, I'll call him the dumb one. That's who he is. He's the dumb one. Everybody say dummy. You can say dummy. That's him. Okay? But he invaded my mind. He said, I didn't get you. But I'm going after your wife. I didn't get you. But now I'm going after your kids. They're just right around the corner. I got a car waiting for them. my thoughts. I started, I started crying and hurting like worry. God never gave us a spirit of fear. Never. And I kept saying it over and over. But the devil started invading me. He said, I got a car for your wife. I got a car for your kids. I'm coming after. I didn't get you, but I'm going after them. You think about it. You're talking about it. I'm sitting there. Bowling, and I just got back from the throne. And all of a sudden, that sweet Holy Ghost, the anointing, I said, Lord, why am I thinking these thoughts? Why am I being battled like that? I don't understand. I just got back. I'm supposed to be Superman now. And I felt like, I, I mean, I, I feel like I am. In some ways. So why am I getting battled like this? And the next thing you know, he showed me what his word will do for you. What's my word say? Kids, adults, honor your father and your mother and you will live long. My kids honor their daddy. My kids honor their mommy. And all of a sudden, guess what? I started speaking in my heavenly language. And all of a sudden, the Word. I took God. God showed me His Word. He says, because they honor you, 
and they honor their mother, they're going to live long. Guess what happened? The devil just left. He left. He didn't invade my mind because I took the Word and I spoke it in my prayer tent. And I said, Lord, Your Word says if you honor your mother and your father, you're going to live long, dead or alive. And my kids do. I take you for your Word. As simple as that was. The enemy left. And I never have had him invade my mind of fear since. See, this is one other thing he said to me at the throne. And I'm just going back and forth a little bit. He goes, Tim, I'm set right here. He goes, Tim, do you not know? I know the thoughts of the enemy before he does anything. God knows what the enemy is thinking before he does it. He said, do you not know? I know the thoughts of the enemy before he does it. He said that to me right here. And I'm going, but you know what? It wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. It's how God the Father said it to me. He said it in a way like, do you not know? Okay, so what's the problem? He said it like, you should know this. I got it. He says, I got your back. He said, you tell the people, I got their back. You tell the people, I got their back. When you walk out of here and you get in your car, He's got your back. When you go home and you're battling things, He's got your back. He does. He does. Because He's a good Father. I love you, Daddy. I love you with everything that I got. I glorify you, Father. I magnify. And then when I'm by myself... <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got you. I got you. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray here in a little bit. There's somebody that battles anxiety. If that's you, this is a word for you. Anxiety. God's going to deal with that right now. Anxiety is gone. No more. It's done. It's done. You're never going to have it again. 
If that is you, it's gone. I'm going to tell you what I did. God showed me this. I'm at my home one day, a few months ago. I was battling for the first time anxiety. I never had that before. But after you have traumatic, something trauma, something, there's some anxiety that you have with it, goes along with it, just trauma, just one of those things. I was by myself. Because you know, I had a double bypass in 2013. I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't be here now. I've had all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Heart. I was a walking time bomb. Had a Widowmaker. I got a wreck. I was like, good gosh. But I'm home. And that song that she sang that opened up a portal, that worship opens up a portal so the anointing of God can flow. I'm telling you. When she was singing, it's the great I am. That's the exact song that I had playing at my house by myself. By myself. And I'm battling this anxiety. Because I was thinking I was going to have this. And I have a table. And I start singing this song and raising my arms. And I start walking around this table. And I just start praising. But I start just worshiping him. And I started declaring, Satan, you, you, that demon of anxiety, you get out of my life right now. See, when a thief comes out of your, in your house, you going to let him in? Or he's going to have a bad day, right? We, we tell him what he's going to do. Oh God, if it's your will. No, no, no. Satan, demon, devil, you're not allowed in here. You're not allowed in here. You're not allowed in here. And I, I bind you. And I demand you to go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this word. That's more powerful than faith. <laughs> You're going to say, oh, what is this? We live by faith. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you this. You know what it is? Knowing. Knowing. When you know Him, you've got all the faith in the world. <laughs> you know Him. And so when I say, bam, get out. I know what my daddy's told me to say, and he is, bam, he's gone. And guess what he does? See, the devil, demons, they shake when you know who you are. They shake. They can't, they can't, they don't want to see you coming. So I got me some worship music on, and I start praying. Anxiety gone. Hadn't had sense. No, it's not allowed. It's not allowed. Whatever you're facing, it's not allowed. 
We're free. That's why I can walk in, I can laugh. I got the joy of the Lord inside of me. Because I know my daddy. I know the purest form. He allowed me to have that experience, people. It was a privilege to be in a wreck with my body the way it was. It was a privilege. Because now I know something more now than I've And I've been a Christian a long time. But I never knew the Father like this. Never did. I'm being honest. I'm transparent. I'm, I'm open. Okay? I'm open. I try to be as transparent as I can be. There's no gray areas. Areas. I like black and white. I do. I do. I like when Coach Springsteen comes walking in. He tells a couple of his guys that play for him and say, listen here, pal. And they got that, you know, there's no question on what he feels about something. And they go, you got me? There's no question. You know what I wanted to say this to? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're supposed to say, I love you too, Tim. <laughs> I'm telling the love of the Father. The love of the Father. People need the love of the Father out there. They don't know the love of the Father. All they see is all this craziness that's on TV. They see all that craziness. I love this man. Because God used him in my life. And I would not be here. It's, 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 it's so... After you see God, things come full circle. Who would have thought 20-some years ago? I'm in his church. That God gave him. I'm in Mount Airy. North Carolina. Why? Why? It's a good question. All I know. All I know. These kids that are growing up in this demonic world. We as adults, we, we face some things. We got some mileage under our belt. This generation, look what they're dealing with. Look what they're dealing with. We as a church have got to start. Absolutely.
coming in agreement with the Father about these schools. Enough is enough. There's a time that we have to draw a line. And when demons walk across it, it's time for we use what's inside of here that God's given us. That's what He's wanting this last day church. This last day church people, listen to me. You want to see, I hear people say, God, Jesus is getting ready to come back. You can see it all around. Look how bad it is. It's going to get bad. Yeah, it is. But you know what the exclamation point of Him coming back? You know what it is? When the last church is ready, He's coming back for His bride. When the last day church, you know what the last day church is? The ones that know who they are. And when that church is ready, He's coming back. The anointed church. The church that knows how to go to war. Just look it up. Look about the bride. When he comes back, that church. This church. Us. I'm ready. I'm going to pray. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know why God does what He does, but whatever He does, it's always for our good. Always. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. Lord, the words that come from my mouth, let it be so by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, your will is for people to be healed. That's your will. Your will is for no one to perish and not know you. That is your will. And your will is for us to walk in victory in everything that we do. Lord, I pray that you'll give your 
this church, every person that's here, every person that is listening on Facebook, podcast, whatever, I'm telling you this. God's got healing for you. He really does. See? God blesses you. God's got blessings for you. But not for you. Not for you. He don't bless you for you. You know what He blesses you? To be a blessing. <laughs> Think about it. He blesses you so you can be a blessing to somebody else. That's a law that God lives by. It's called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Love, love, love. <laughs> There's no demon in hell that can stand to be in the love of the Father. None. Well, I said what God told me to say for you. Okay. I love praying for people. I really do. I have watched cancers. Her daddy had lung cancer. Duke University. We prayed for him in the car. He's getting ready to go. That's what happened. It's gone next morning. Nine-year-old boy. Tumor. They're getting ready to pronounce him dead going to Raleigh General Hospital. We were at the stadium at home plate. We laid hands on this mother. She said, would you pray for this night? Yeah. Three months later, we see her in another church. Guess what? She comes running. She says, look. Look at the pictures. Amen? Tell them, die. They were taking him to the hospital. Guess what? You know what? Tumor. Gone. Aneurysm. Is that an aneurysm? Gone. Just by talking to God and believing what he said he would do. That's all. That's all it is. Just believing.
Talking to him. I believe what you said, Lord. I take you for your word. They didn't need no prayer line, prayer tunnel, 15 people laying hands on people, falling out, doing all this, although that's all good. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm being, I'm being honest. All right. I'm just going to walk in it. And blessings will follow those who believe. And that's all He's wanting you to do. Believe what He says in His Word that He will do for you. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Well, neither am I. You're right. But Jesus made us worthy. He did. He really did. You know what? You know what? I love you. <laughs> See, that's what it's all about. You walk in the love. You know the love of the Father. So, He's a good daddy. He loves us. So He said, you know what? Come on, son. Believe me. Come on, daughter. Believe me. It's not hard. It really isn't. God gave you a weapon. God gave you a weapon. was the gift from Jesus. It was the Holy Ghost. But He gave you the Word to speak from His Word, the Word, and speak it. And it is a weapon that nothing, nothing, His Word, there's nothing any more powerful than His Word with belief behind it. And He gave it to us all. And that's a choice. To use it. Anybody have a special prayer need in a family situation? It could be a sickness. I don't care what it is. But it's precious to you that you want God to do something. Because I'm going to speak what God tells me to speak and pray what God tells me to pray for whatever you need from where you're sitting at. 
You know, at the beginning of the service, he said, you have prayer requests, you have prayer requests, prayer requests. Okay? Whatever that is, if you do, I want to pray. I feel the urge to pray for that situation. And when two or three are gathered, come here, Doc. Pastor. Two are here. She's going to come in agreement with me. When we come into agreement, it's done. It's done. No questions. No doubts. Only knowing the Father and faith. That's it. And the blood. Satan, you were not allowed to cross that blood line. You're not allowed. So I declare the blood I draw a line, a hedge of protection around every person here, but I draw a bloodline around your prayer request. We'll put demons in prison. And that prison is surrounded by the name that every demon trembles. And that's Jesus and the blood that He shed, sacrificed for me and for you. Amen? Amen? Who has someone that needs healed in their family right now? Who does? Because everything that comes to attack you is a demon spirit. Demon spirit that attacks you. Sickness is a demon spirit. It didn't come from God. So we're going to tell that demon spirit what he can do. What he's going to do. And he's going to leave. He's going to leave. Thank you, Jesus. What's the name of the sickness? Give me a name of the sickness. Addiction. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, you don't know what. We work in addiction all the time. <laughs> addiction. I know what it is to be addicted. Prescription drugs. I know what it is. I got you, brother. Who was that? Addiction. 
opioid, anything else, don't matter. We're going to replace that with the addiction of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That demon spirit of addiction is gone. It is gone. The son, daughter, family member, is it? The addiction, the one who's addicted? Nephew? Okay, give me his name. Jimmy? Jimmy? See, you gotta call, you gotta, you gotta say, listen. Jimmy. Jimmy? I call his name in the atmosphere. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the name that is above every name, What kind of addiction? Meth. Oh. That demon of meth. Let me tell you something right now. So you call it. That demon. That devil. Jimmy. You are a child of God. Does Jimmy know the Lord? You know if he's... Does he know the Lord or not? Hmm? Well, but he, he's been he's been okay. That's King Green right there. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, right now. Lord, I call Jimmy's name to you. Devil, demon of meth, of addiction. You get out off of Jimmy right now. Right now. I command you to go. I command you by the authority that you have given me by the blood. Now, Father, you're the one who frees people from addiction. In Jesus' name. Father, I call Jimmy before you. I draw. I just see a, I see a blood circle around Jimmy. I see it. Everybody come into agreement with me right now. Come to agreement with me. In Jesus' name. Father, I'm expecting a good report. Demon, you are no longer attached to Jimmy. You are to leave right now. That demon, I command you to go by the authority in Jesus' name. Lord, 
I love you. And Lord, I declare it in the heavenlies. I declare it. And Father, thank you for Jimmy to step in the love of the Father where there's no demon allowed to be. Lord, clean his body from the inside out. Holy Ghost, I give you free reign over Jimmy's life. Father, I thank you for what you've done. Praise God. I praise you. I'm serious. I praise you. It's done. It's done. It's done. There's no compromise. Zero compromise. Zero compromise. That's it. You know what the greatest thing that me and my wife did? And I can say this. We walk in the holiness of God. Our house is anointed. Everywhere our feet go is anointed by the holiness. 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 God did so much to show me so many things. I could go, I could, I could talk about things for another eight days straight right now. I kid you not, it just rumbles. I love you, coach. You don't know. Let me tell you what. You are so blessed. You are so blessed to have the people around you. To have Jesus around you. To have the blood around you. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's nothing that the love of the Father. And I'm telling you, with everything in me, the Word, the voice, I wish everybody could ever have the voice penetrate you. But He is from the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's why I know Jimmy. He's free. He's free. I'm telling that to the camera, whatever. Jimmy's free. And when that testimony comes out of here, people will be jumping. Yeah. Because for whoever believes, 
so it shall be. Believe. Knowing. And I speak on your behalf as a mediator between the Father and me and you. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. Lord, thank you for loving Jimmy. Thank you for loving him. The greatest love from the Father. And the thing about it is, the Father, you know what's so great? Jesus, I want you to get this in your spirit. Jesus does not want Jimmy to be bound. He doesn't want him to be bound. <laughs> and he's not bound. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Think about it. Just think about that. You don't want it. It's done. We're just walking in obedience. Yes, Father. There's a day very soon people that walk through those doors. Mm. Okay, Father. As they walk through this on holy ground that's in here. All they're going to have to do is walk in here and get in the presence of our Father. That's all they got to do. We met a young man from Israel. Well, he's from Iran. I'm going all over the place. I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you. I'm just telling you what the pronounce that word. Pronounce his name for me. Bahid. Bahid. Parents are prisoners in Turkey and Iran. He came to the United States. All he does is sing worship music. He's a believer. He come here. He's got the, one of the greatest testimonies of a believer I've ever heard in my life. And, and 
And I'm sitting at a table with him and down in Hamilton, Alabama. We were down to meet with Miss Karen Wheaton a few weeks ago. And, uh, and, and so we're in the hotel and he goes in there and I'm going to share this with you. It'll blow you away. He tells me about his mom was witchcraft. He had two mothers because they, they can have more than one wife in, down there. He said he sang music. He sings music. He's got the most beautiful voice you could ever. And it, they're not allowed to have things over there to have these big satellite dishes. And this is, because I know he, he, he can sing. But when he sings, and it gets put on a dish over there in Iran, where his, where his family's at, thousands. I'm not talking about hundreds. Because they're not allowed to say God the Father, or they get put in prison for blasphemy. That's what happens. God the Father is blaspheming over there. Because if it's God the Father, that means He had to be a father of Jesus. And they don't believe in Jesus, so it's blasphemy. Okay? He sings thousands. I'm talking about at a time. 3,000 at one time are falling on their knees and just giving their heart to the Lord just by worshiping, singing songs. No preaching. Just music. That's the power of worship. That's the thing. He, he's sharing this with him. Sharing it with us. Oh my gosh. I'm just letting you know. In your home, worshiping. In your own way. By yourself. Watch this. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'm telling you. And then when you walk through these doors, that anointing that's on you, guess what happens? You got a house full of anointed ones that just walk in here with expectation because you did your homework while you're home. And all coach has to do is say, be obedient, and it's easy. All he has to do is moderate. <laughs> That's right. That's what's happening in other areas, guys. I'm telling you. It is in the last days he's pouring his spirit out on all flesh. And you're a part of it. We're a part of it. Isn't that? Oh. I tell my wife I love her all the time. <laughs> yeah, do that, do that. Yes, yes. Yes. If you guys can just stand, we'll pray a prayer of you, release you for yes. the day. We want to thank really you, Lord. Thank you for being here. And just remember what I said. You got to fight, okay? Even when you don't want to fight. You got to fight. So if you can close your eyes. Father, we just thank you for this word. Yes, Lord. We seal it in your name. We seal it with your blood.
Jimmy. Father, we thank Jimmy. you for the blessing of these people in this congregation, of the leadership in this church. And God, I feel your spirit so strongly in your presence, and I truly believe that what's in here, God, is going to manifest even more. There's going to be miracles, healings to yeah. take place in this in this church. And by the spirit of the Lord and by those healings, God, I truly believe it's going to go out on the airways yeah. and touch those that are in their living rooms, that are in their cars, that are in their homes. And Lord, we just speak Amen. that by faith. I prophesy to the worship team that you will not only sing songs that have already been written, but you will sing your own songs by the Spirit of God. You will play Amen. by the Spirit of the Lord. Every instrument will be played by the Spirit of the Lord because you will release a sound out of this house to go into the world. A sound of God that will bring down His glory to go out into the world. God, I speak a special blessing over these people that as they go about today, Lord, that they would speak to those that are out there. They would touch Amen. someone's life just by a smile or the Amen. shaking of a hand or a hug. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we give this all to Amen. you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Facebook. Operate in faith.